0: So, today we're going to be talking on the last subject uh, that we've been going through, a reflective series, um, looking back over Acts. We've heard from Paul about being filled with the Spirit. We've heard from Mike about the gifts of the Spirit. Rod shared last week on power and authority. And I'm going to be talking to you today about Christian witness. And um, this is a great topic, so hopefully you get something out of today. So today I want to focus on firstly the passage in Acts chapter 1 and verse 4. And I haven't got slides with the scriptures, but if um, Derek is able or someone able to put them on the projector, that would be great. Thank you. So Acts chapter 1 verse 4. So we read here, Once when he was eating with them, that is Jesus with his disciples, he commanded them, Do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised, as I told you before. John baptized with water, but in just a few days you would be baptized with the Holy Spirit. We'll go down to verse 8. you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem throughout Judea in Samaria and to the ends of the earth in Hobart today so We hear Jesus saying to his disciples to wait in Jerusalem until they receive the promise that they would be baptised with the Holy Spirit and receive power. Now, interestingly, he was seen by 500 when he ascended to heaven to be with his father. That was 40 days after he was resurrected. Then, ten days later, in Jerusalem, in the upper room where they were gathered, how many were there? There was 120. So, where were the rest of them? That's a good question. We don't know. But they were told to wait to receive the promise. They were told to wait. And some people prioritised other things. They didn't follow that command to wait for the promise. Now I think there's a uh, something we can learn from this that often when we're waiting for things, I mean, many of you probably bought a package last year, maybe online. You know, when you buy something that's you're looking forward to it, you're expecting it soon. Generally you are you know you're happy to wait because your anticipation is building for this to arrival, to receive something. God has promised us the gift of the Holy Spirit, and if we wait on him to receive it, he's promised to give it to us. He says, you know, that this is a gift he wants to pour out to us. So now, this is just a question for us. Are we prepared to wait on God? Are we prepared to wait on God, to receive power from from on high, to receive the Holy Spirit, to be filled with God? Let's look at this word witness. So Jesus said, you'll be my witnesses. What's a witness? Well, in law, a witness is someone who has knowledge about a matter. Often are testifying on another witness's behalf. It is someone who provides testimonial evidence, either oral or written, of what he or she knows. Most of us would be think of a witness as someone in, in a courtroom who's giving evidence, testifying of what they know to be true. And that is what a witness is. It is someone who provides testimonial evidence, personal evidence that they know. Now, interestingly, Jesus said that you'll be my witnesses. That is, we will be a witness. We will identify ourselves as a witness. We won't go witnessing. We won't do it but will be it is important distinction a witness in Christ Jesus as Jesus intended is someone who testifies who gives evidence of Jesus as a lifestyle not just it's not just sharing the gospel it is a lifestyle of glorifying God of bringing Jesus glory through our lives and that looks like many different things and we're going to be looking at some of those things examples we have in the book of Acts today I also want to just look at John chapter 15 verse 26 if we can bring that up on the screen this is Jesus talking to his his disciples about the holy spirit he says when the advocate comes whom I will send to you from the Father the Spirit of truth who goes out from the Father he will testify about me and you also must testify for you have been with me from the beginning. Here we now begin to understand and see the importance of the Holy Spirit in being the the one who empowers us to be a witness for Christ he says I will send you the spirit of truth who goes out from the Father he will testify about me as well as you so there's a partnership that happens when we be be a witness for Jesus when we get born again and become a disciple of Jesus. Jesus wants us to partner with the Holy Spirit. He's called here the advocate. That means the helper. He comes alongside us and helps us. And as we exercise our will, exercise our faith and speak truth, To others around us, the Holy Spirit will also confirm that word. He will convict of sin, he will convict of righteousness, of judgment. These are the roles, some of the roles of the Holy Spirit. And he will also do amazing supernatural works that demonstrate and confirm that Jesus is Lord and alive. And we'll hear some about some of those works shortly. But the Holy Spirit and us work together. We are, we are a partnership with the Holy Spirit. We have a partnership and we need to be aware that we need to depend on Him as in our witness for Christ. As we heard that song, that song, let the weak say I am strong because of the spirit of power. It is not in our own strength that we are able to win souls for Christ. It is our own strength that we are able to reveal Jesus Christ. But it is the Spirit of God working as we step out in faith and exercise our will in obedience to God. So... What does Holy Spirit inspired witness look like? Well we could probably read through the whole book of Acts and keep coming over example and example but I want to pick out a few examples and also share some personal testimony. But before I look at some individuals I want to think about the, the, quickly the early church. After the day of Pentecost we saw amazing miracle and what was it it was love it was love the love of God It was shed abroad in the hearts of those had come to know Jesus we think saw things like people having all things in common they sold possessions to give to anyone in need they enjoyed favor with all the people what did Jesus say about love he said, By this shall all men know that you are my disciples, if you have love one for another. So, this very demonstration of love in action was testifying of Jesus, was testifying and giving evidence of Jesus working in their people. That these people were disciples of Jesus, they were followers. They loved God. And that ultimately we want to see people come to know Jesus through our witness. Whether that's people who are already saved or people who don't know the Lord. We're all growing in our relationship with him. And growing to know him more. That is the goal. Let's look at the Apostle Peter. Peter. We heard Mike Wood talk in depth about Peter on the day of Pentecost, but I just wanted to focus on the couple of examples of him where after, in Acts chapter 3, we hear about him going up to the the temple and he sees this lame man and he says to him, You know, silver and gold have I none, but in the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. And in Acts 3, verse 11, if we can get that on the screen, says, while the men, this is, people came to arrest Peter and John after they'd performed this miracle. While the men held on to Peter and John, all the people were astonished and came running to them in the place called Solomon's Colonnade. So this miracle brought about This stirring up, as Mike shared. But they were astonished as they saw God perform this amazing work. The Holy Spirit had healed this man. He'd been restored and no doubt many people knew about this man. Why am I emphasising this? Well, it is testifying of Jesus when God performs miracles, signs and wonders. Jesus did many, many miracles, healed many people, delivered many people from torment and afflictions. And so, by doing this, performing this miracle in Jesus' name, it is testifying of Jesus that he is alive, that he is Lord, and that he is working in people's lives. Acts 4, 4 verse 13 we can bring that one up please says when they were saw the courage of peter and john this is the the leaders of the day the the jewish leaders and they realized that they were unschooled ordinary men they were astonished and they took note that these men had been with jesus you know another wonderful empowerment example of empowered witness is the boldness that Peter had by stepping out and preaching to this multitude, this crowd after the day of Pentecost. The Holy Spirit brings boldness, it brings knowledge and supernatural knowledge and understanding and wisdom. We know that these were unschooled ordinary men as it says here and, and even, the, even the leaders knew that. And that brought astonishment to them. Again, this is testifying of Jesus, testifying and giving evidence of Jesus that these unschooled men could so boldly preach the truth. We might go to now uh, look at Philip in Acts chapter 4. Sorry, Acts chapter 8, verse 4. Excuse me. Those who had been scattered preached the word wherever they went. Philip went down to a city. This is in verse 4 of chapter 8. In Samaria and proclaimed the Messiah there. When the crowds heard Philip and saw the signs he performed, they all paid close attention to what he said. For with shrieks impure spirits came out of many, and many who were paralyzed or lame were healed. So there was great joy in that city. Again, focusing on verse 6. After they saw the signs he performed, they, the crowd, the people of Samaria, all paid close attention to what he said. There's that partnership again of the Holy Spirit doing the work in this case delivering people from evil spirits healing people and then Philip exercising his faith to preach the, the gospel working together and I you know it's it's clear that This combination, this partnership resulted in amazing fruit, an amazing increase in the kingdom. Many people, there was great joy in that city and many people were were healed. And again, they were open to hear the gospel through the signs and wonders and healings that they saw. Now a few years ago I started to step, I guess, start to believe that I could lay hands on the sick and see people healed. And this was after, yeah, I guess a period of time of seeking God, having, yeah, just being encouraged by those around me who were seeking God for the same things. I just want to share a couple of testimonies. So in 2015, I was working for a business actually not far from here, a couple of hundred metres away. One of the owners of this business had a really sore shoulder from twisting it while he was doing some gardening. And he said to uh, the other staff that he was going to go to the chiropractor to get it worked on. So in the next day, he was speaking to a couple of other people and told them it was still sore. And I just felt prompted in my, my heart. I wanted to pray for him, this man. And I was just you know, asking God, please give me an opportunity. Anyway, so in the corridor of this office, I, we approached each other just throughout the day and I offered to pray for him while he was, while he was standing there and he said oh, okay if you think it will help so I prayed, laid my hand on his shoulder and prayed just a short prayer, commanded the pain to go and for his shoulder to be healed and he started doing this and he was trying to find pain I think because he kept doing it <laughs> and anyway he didn't say anything for a little while and then He said, I don't know about this freaky expletive, which I won't word, repeat. And I said to him, God is real. He's amazing. You know, I wasn't able to share the gospel with him then. But I've had other occasions like this where I've seen God work. And I know that that plants a seed in people because they can't deny that something happened, that something powerful happened to them. If someone experiences healing, they can either, you know, explain it away or whatever, but it's a seed, okay? And it's the same with Peter, Philip, and all the other disciples who were healing the sick. You know, many people will, their hearts will be open if we if they receive healing. There's another short example. In Eastlands, I was with a friend uh, outreaching. This was probably I know, last year, I think sometime, I can't remember. But we were sitting n- near Coles there in Eastlands and just having a rest, just chilling out. <coughs> And there uh, sat down a young boy on the couch near I, and he was grimacing in pain. It looked like I'd, he'd sprained his ankle or something. And I just felt the Holy Spirit prompt me and so, to go and pray for this boy. And I went over to him and offered him prayer. I said, would you like some prayer? And he just nodded his head. And so I just said a p- short prayer in Jesus' name. And... Uh, he sort, I sort of asked him, oh, do you still feel any pain? And he, he didn't really indicate either way. So I just prayed another short prayer and then I asked him to get up and he did and this smile came on his face and that was wonderful to see. And so he went over to his mum and his siblings were nearby and he went over to them and I just said something short like God loves you I can't remember exactly what I said, but again, I didn't get to pre- share the gospel with him in that occasion. And I would have loved to, but not everyone is necessarily going to get everything at that one moment. We have to trust God that he is able to water the seeds we, we share and we, we, we sow Let's go to now, look at Paul briefly. Acts chapter 16 verse 27. We hear about the jailer who woke up when he saw the prison doors open. He drew the sword and was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted, don't harm yourself, we're all here. The jailers called for lights, rushed in and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. He then brought them out and asked, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? They replied, Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved and you and your household. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all the others in his house. And at that hour of the night, the jailer took them and washed their wounds. And immediately he and all his household were baptized. And I want to just share with you a quick, Testimony again of this was last year, I believe, in Glenorchy. Um, there was a woman there, a young girl, she's probably 16, 17, very young. Um, and she was walking up and down the street just moaning, just really distressed. She was very, very, uh, I, yeah, hard to describe, but she was very distressed causing a lot of tension. Everyone on the street could hear her and everyone was looking at her and me and my friend we just felt like we needed to go and approach her but we didn't really know how because you know two guys, a young girl, you've just got to be careful how you do that Um, be wise. So we just uh, yeah eventually she came near us and we were able to just you know try and encourage her, just try and give her words of comfort. You know, she was, you know, very depressed and, you know, wanted to take her own life and was standing and sitting down in the middle of the road and it was quite distressing just for her and for us we felt a bit helpless. And we weren't able to have much grace with her, like we couldn't really talked to her we weren't able to and then but praise God he he knew what she needed and it just so happened my wife was on my way to pick me up (laughs) so she parked her car up the road and came over and I called her and spoke to her and told her what was happening and so she was able to sit down next to this young girl and just pray with her and encourage her And she said to us, like, oh, I've given up on God. And, yeah, we were able to encourage her and just share with her, you know, God has not given up on you. (laughs) And she went from being this really distressed, moaning girl to to having this calm about her. And we gave her some money so she could get a bus ride back in the city and... And, you know, this calm came upon her. And so, I don't know what happens to her from that moment. Like, we just have to leave it with God. But, again, it's planting a seed. It's demonstrating the love of God. And that is what Jesus did as well. He, you know, he ne- didn't necessarily take them through repentance, believing, and being baptized and everything. But he, he showed people love what they needed and in this case the jailer was going to take his own life as well and so God can provide someone just at the right time Um, so I just wanted to share a few final thoughts or a few thoughts around how we can become effective Christian witnesses who are empowered by the Holy Spirit. And I think there's two key things, two key attributes or fruits of the Spirit we should be asking God for, and they are faith and love. And to grow in faith, we need to be, I believe, spending time in the presence of God asking God to fill us so that we can overflow in our outreach and in our witness it will come out of an overflow like Jesus described the Holy Spirit as a well springing up into everlasting life a well springs up it overflows it doesn't it's not like a pool of water that's stagnant it's flowing that is what God wants for us he wants us to be overflowing with him. The other thing is meditating on God's word. We read that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So by meditating on the word of God and putting our faith in that word we hear, we will begin to believe we can do those things that Jesus has commanded us to do to be able to go out and lay hands on the sick, see them recover preach the gospel and see signs following the other thing is I particularly emphasise reading the gospels and Romans so we've become familiar with the gospel message and we've been hearing from many people like Roskin and um, John, the missionary from PNG, he shared about the gospel with her. So, in our home groups, we've been going through the gospel. So, we've had lots of resources to help us. <coughs> recently, let's continue. Spend time with other Christians and glean from them, who are who are living a witness and a life of. A Christian witness, and uh, you know, have a heart for the lost. This is something we can do: is by being around other people who have faith and have a desire to see the lost save. This will then flow into us. That same, it will inspire us. Listen to good teaching. And read books from evangelists and missionaries as these can also inspire us and build our faith. But we have to remember as well that God uses ordinary people like unschooled people and it is he that gets all the glory. So we we don't have to put these people up we read about in a pedestal. Remember that God wants to use us. Um, getting a little bit of short on time but I was going to read a short passage from this book called um, Your Power in the Holy Spirit it's by a guy named John G. Lake and shares a bit about his testimony of being filled with the Spirit but I won't read it for time but he shares of the, the, his heart being changed that he suddenly had a heart of compassion for the lost And he saw people as like lost sheep that needed a shepherd. As I said before, faith and also love is what I believe we should be praying and asking God to fill us with, to help us in our witness. You know, the second commandment is to love your neighbour as yourself. And as I was meditating on before and preparing for this, Really struck me how if we don 't have an appreciation and love for the salvation we 've received, then how can we share it with others, how can we share that love and or how can we have that compassion? if we really don 't value our salvation, how can we value other people 's salvation so that 's really important I believe that we really love We'll firstly love God, the first commandment. And in loving God, we'll love ourselves because we'll love who he's made us, created us to be. And we'll have a desire to share that mercy, that grace and love that he's shown us with others. In 1 John chapter 3, verse 11, it says, This is the message you've heard from the beginning. We should love one another. Apostle Paul, I believe, is a good example of this, how he said, You know, I'm not under law to anyone, but I will be a servant to all. To the weak, I'll become the weak. To the Jew, I'll become the Jew. You know, he wanted to relate to people, and that's the key for effective witness is relating to people and going and addressing their needs, what their needs are. And just finally, I want to share a thought from an interview, actually, Paul Scott shared with me. It's uh, by a, with a, a lady named Jackie Pullinger, who he quoted in his sermon, A Missionary to Hong Kong. And in this interview, I think it really just sums up what I'm talking about so the interviewer says is there a particular message that's on your heart for Christians at refuel she says my message is always the same it's how to get us sure enough of God's love so that we can go out and share it with the lost you say it's as simple as that the interviewer asks well she says I don't know about you, but to me it looks quite simple. Having tasted of all his love, all I wanted to do it do was share it until I died. Have we tasted of his love? Maybe we need to pray to God to taste afresh his love in order to share with others let's remember we are his witnesses we are jesus witnesses we are here to testify give evidence of him that he is risen lord that he is king of kings that he is our savior that he's come to save mankind and that we are all witnesses it's not a calling for any one particular individual it's for all believers to be a witness for Christ and God has given us the Holy Spirit to enable us and empower us to demonstrate him and show him to the world let's pray God we thank you for making us your witnesses to reveal Jesus Christ to this world Thank you for the Holy Spirit filling us. I pray that you would fill us all, God, with your love, with your compassion for the lost, that people would come to know you. Lord, thank you that you have, made it, you have called us to this calling. I pray that we would embrace it in Jesus' name.